0: I got, how many enjoyed last week? We were talking about, it's up to us, right? Pastor Kim. Yes, wasn't that good? And I, I was kind of, uh, I got this started. There's a there's a phrase in the King James that talks about being double-minded. And I don't know if y'all ever deal with this. Have you ever thought, you know, I've, I thought I really wanted to do this. <laughs> You know, and now all of a sudden, I don't know if I do anymore. Yeah. <laughs> you know, <laughs> yeah. uh, people do this all the time with diets and with um, <laughs> working out, <laughs> you know, <laughs> with, a, with a, taking up an instrument. You know, <laughs> it's like I, I thought I wanted to do this, but I, all, all of a sudden. So, what, 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 so kind of what I want to look at tonight is what happens between. The one mind, and it's double that's on the other side. It's, it's twin yeah, <laughs> on the other side. Because, uh, <laughs> you know, the, really our, uh, what we come into in Christ is this way. Uh, we come in, we're, we're presented something that doesn't make any sense at all in the world. Right. This God we can't see gave his life for us so that we can be free from the guilt of sin. Does that make any sense at all? Not to the natural mind, right. but what does it do? It hits us in our hearts, doesn't it? Yeah. And it kind of bypasses. And yet, the mind is necessary in order for us to go ahead and say, be my Lord. The mind has to get involved. And so there's, there's, a, <laughs> there's a necessity of, of our mind is in the middle of everything that has to do with knowing God and actually, turning our back on him, and and that's where the battle is is fought, isn't it? It's right there in the mind. If if you can get your mind to be double, that means not really fixed, not really single, not really kind of. And, and, and we're going to look at what that is. It's, it has to do with what well, with reasonings. I want to look at some reasoning things here today. Okay, so let's pray. Father, we thank you so much that your thoughts towards us tonight are, are innumerable. How amazing that the God of creation thinks about us. And his thoughts are high thoughts. They're, they're, they're thoughts that aren't ever condemning. They're not ever bringing us down in any way. They're, they're thoughts of faith. God, The God of faith, the God that created everything, actually is thinking about us and seeing us in Christ right now. <laughs> How amazing that is, God. And so, uh, Lord, we just want to humble ourselves before you now and say, God, show us what that means a little. Help us in getting our mind... <laughs> Connected to where it's not on the other side of you and, and we're we're connected with what you're wanting for our life tonight, Lord God. We give you thanks for helping help help the words that are spoken to to penetrate into our hearts and for there to be a an effect made upon our lives in you. Give you thanks for it in Jesus' name. Amen. So um so let's go to James and this is where it talks about this. So the great enemy are y'all gonna see this? Okay. You're just gonna have to see the small me all the all the time tonight. We don't have anybody switching the thing back there for us tonight, but um, that's that's fine, right? As long as you can see what we need to see, this is good. All right. So the great enemy of receiving. How many know that receiving has enemies? <laughs> how many have experienced that? Why ain't I receiving anything? Well, you got some enemies to receiving, and 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 we can affect this. The mind that wavers between God's wisdom and the other and any other reasoning. So our minds are really good at it. Actually, it's amazing what we can figure things out. Um, We can reason a lot. Even sometimes if we're not confident, we're still debating things in our mind, right? So there's always this reasoning going on. and in our, what we, we can actually choose what we reason. We can choose what we're going to think on. We can set our hearts and set our, our minds. Partly what I want to look at, though, is that, that when it comes to the things of God, God's reasoning towards us aren't just mental reasonings. They're heart reasonings. And so that's how you can begin to develop a perception of where these reasonings are coming from because your heart will determine. Your heart will have an effect upon it, right? Okay, so let's just read this. James 1, 5 through 8. If any of you lack wisdom, let him ask of God that giveth to all men liberally and abradeth not and it shall be given him. But let him ask in faith nothing wavering for he that wavereth is like a wave of the sea driven with the wind and tossed. For let not that man think that he shall receive how much? Anything. So this looks to me like, and we're going to see this, you, you really can't be partway into this. You can't be good in one area of this because one area affects every area. So, and we're going to look at what wisdom is here. So, a double-minded man is unstable in how many of his ways? All of his ways. So, a lot of people sometimes, you know, it's like, man, their their elevator doesn't go all the way to the top. They're not operating with a full deck, you know, all those kinds of things. Well, a lot of times it's because there's something that God can do to help there to be stability in the mind that will touch everything all parts of our life, yeah. and bring health and and uh, healing to all, all parts of our life. Now, I, I want to look at this, though, because it says, if any of you lack wisdom, and I want to look at what wisdom actually is, what, what is well, I've got a little a couple of uh, uh, definitions here that I want to... Look at wisdom is the mind's settling on a course of action that is in alliance with the word by the spirit. Now there's other kinds of, uh, you, you could generalize wisdom and you could say it's taking information and deciding what to do with it, right? It's not just knowledge. It's not just understanding. It's what you're going to do with it, right? But in the context when he's talking, if you lack wisdom, so sometimes you know, I've thought about it before. I'm just going to ask God for wisdom. Well, God says I'm going to give it to you. How does He give it to you? He doesn't just make it to where all of a sudden I know what to do all the time. All of a sudden, I just I just have a spirit of wisdom. I think I know everything. Ask me about this these two mothers with their babies. Let me see if I can come up with something. <laughs> you know David or Solomon's thing. Okay, <laughs> so. So wisdom is God giving you the answer, what his word is. And then he also gives you, there's a scripture that says he's working us to will and to do of his good pleasure. So we'll get, he's getting us involved with it. If we lack wisdom, he's not just going to give us the ability to be smart. He's going to give us his thoughts. It's going, to be, it's going to come from his word. We'll see this. Right. So why, why is there a need for wisdom? It's when sources other than the word are presented as reasonable alternatives. So when do I lack wisdom? And we're going to see this. When do we need the wisdom of God It's when there's a natural opposition, there's a reasoning that's coming from a different source inside of us that's saying, I need to resolve this. I think I have a really good way to do it. Mm -hmm. And at that point, I need to say, God, I need your wisdom because mine is dangerous. And we're gonna see what this is. We naturally are vulnerable and... This is going to come from our reading today. I got some more good from this from our reading today, Uh, because um, there's there's times in our life when we're vulnerable, when we're weak. Different parts of our our emotional. We've been how many times when you've heard had somebody say something bad about you, or what happens? You feel attacked. You feel weak, and now you're vulnerable to reasoning to do something. It's not going to be a God thing. Yeah. And not only... And you can even think it's a spiritual thing. And we're going to see what this is. Because there, there's other voices that can, can quote scripture too. Yeah. Oh, yeah. And, and if you're not listening to the right voice, you can actually disable the answer. But you can actually activate a destruction yeah. that will come with it. Okay. So we'll see some good examples here. So uh, Proverbs 9, 10. So, so it's very important, though, if you're going to ask for wisdom, you know, I said, what are you going to do with this wisdom? You can't waver from it at all. God, he says, God's going to say, I'm going to give you wisdom. I'm going to give you my word. But you're going to have to take what I say and not waver from it at all, no matter what your own reasoning is saying. Right. So there's going to be other things that come up. Yeah. <laughs> And God's word will always lead us to righteousness. It will lead us to truth. It will always be the right answer. But there's going to be some strong things in our flesh that rises up. And it says if you waver from what God says in the least, just don't expect a God blessing in any way. In fact, you might as well just start anticipating some other things being kind of shaky in your life too because any diversion from what god says becomes a a block taken out of our foundation it's an inability to to be stable right yeah. so but if we're going to if, if we're going to actually uh, take what he gives us we ask for wisdom and god gives us his word yeah. well we're going to see it's going to have to rise above every other voice in our life every other influence in our life and so Proverbs talks about, there's, there's this is one of them. There's other places that refer to this. It says, the fear of the Lord is the beginning of wisdom. Why? Because he's gonna give us truth, but we better shudder at what he says. You know, I think this happens in, <laughs> doesn't this happen in the military? Jerry could probably help me. This is why they take young men that are still adaptable or, or moldable somewhat, and you put the fear of their officers into them, right? You say you do this, and 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 if they don't, if they, if they don't learn that, they're not going to stay in the military very long. Is that right? Because they're going to have to learn to whatever he says. I do. I, I my answer is yes, sir. Right. So it doesn't matter how I feel. It doesn't matter what I'm going through that day. What somebody said to me today. You tell me to run around the field ten times. I'm running around the field ten times. Yes, sir right? Why? Because I've developed a healthy fear for that. It, it, could, be, it could be a tiny little guy, but, but he's got the authority. And I'm, and I'm going to say, yes, sir, to that guy, right? <laughs> until, until God gets that, we have that attitude towards him that he says something, I'm not wavering from it at all. And that requires a fear, that, that requires a deference to him that excludes other voices in my life yeah. you know this this is something that's going on right now in, in social media on in YouTube there's so many people telling you what they think about stuff and you know it's easy to go and listen and some of it's really good you know there there's a guy uh, I, I think I think Jordan Peterson is, is put you know, this guy's uncle or whatever he is. I don't know. <laughs> <I don't know. laughs> he's got some pretty good things to say. But here's the challenge. If I'm just listening, if I'm including all these other voices in my repertoire of, in- of-, of wisdom to draw from. Yeah. I'm not really fearing what God says. He's just in amongst the others. And so I'm also becoming vulnerable to what I think about it. Oh, I can have a light bulb too. I can think of something, right? And therein lies one of the greatest challenges. It, probably the greatest challenges to wisdom, what God has for us, and also faith. Because what did that scripture say? Don't expect to get anything. That means if you can't take every single word that God says as as it I'm not going to try to reason it out I'm not going to try to come up with something else no this is it unless you do that you can't you can't expect to believe him for something else right it's either all of his words or none of them right because it says, don't expect to receive anything. If you, if you ask for God, God, give me the answer here, right? now. give me the answer. He gives you the answer in this area over here. <laughs> be nice to your mom. <laughs> you know, be nice to your wife. Oh, but I, that's not the answer I'm looking for. I need it over here. He says, no, no. <laughs> it all goes together. Amen? Because it's the wisdom of God that you have to take every word he says, or that word that you think you need is nothing either. It all has to rise up. Amen? All right. Yeah. So let's look at 1 Peter 5, 8. There will be times when we're vulnerable to other reasoning. The answers are always the same. So sometimes part of our reasoning is, and, and what this is a big thing that the enemy always wants to try to do, is to, to separate us from the answer as if that answer isn't really what I need. Mm-hmm. I'm going through something that's kind of... It, it, I don't know if you've noticed this, but but when you're on the other side of, of the right mind, <laughs> you're on the double side, <laughs> sometimes you, you're not really open to, 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 to hearing what's right either. You know what I mean? Yeah. It, it, it's because you've gotten, you're already bent towards that thing. You're already affected towards it. <clears throat> and you think, well, that's really not the answer for me. This is something that I'm going through that's kind of unique. This is I, I, I hear kids talking about things. They like to say what, how they are that's different from everybody else. It's like, you know, it's kind of a thing that's going on. Just let me identify, and I'll, and I'll put whatever combination of letters I need to call myself, and, and that's what I'll end up being. No, no, we're all the same, and we all have the same answer, yeah. right? First Peter 5, 8, stay alert, watch out for your great enemy, the devil, He prowls around like a roaring lion looking for someone to devour. And so we're going to see some of these things. Actually, Jesus gives us some clues into what this is. But it's going to be a time when we're vulnerable. And the King James talked about an opportune moment. There's going to be an opportunity. Did you know that there's opportunities available to us every day that we can do things? But there's also opportunities that the devil has in us. When we become vulnerable to reasoning other answers than what God's answers are. (laughs) And it becomes very dangerous, okay. So we have to be staying, so who's who's he looking for, this this lion, this toothless lion going around the roaring and making a big deal? Who's he looking for? Because he will be effective where there's an opening, and this is where we have to, this is where maturity as a Christian takes place. When you recognize where you're at, where you're vulnerable, I don't know about you, but I'm vulnerable sometimes. It's like, I've been hit this way before. I've had the same results before. But here I am again, vulnerable in a a position that's an opportunity for the enemy if I don't shut it down. Right? So what does he say? Verse 9, he says, stand firm against him. Okay, how are you going to stand firm? I'm... No, no, you're not going to do it. No, 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 no. you're going to fall. If you're just doing it in your own reasoning, you're saying, you know, I don't know if you've, you've dealt, uh, dealt with addictions or, or heard solutions to addictions. Just resisting addictions never works, right? It, it never is, it's never the answer. There has to be something else that takes place. <clears throat> Stand firm against him and be strong, how? In your faith. What is our faith? I don't just believe in a God somewhere. I believe in what he said. It doesn't do any good to believe in a God, the great creator, if we don't take what he said and allow it to be real in our life. Right? So how do we stand against him? We are vulnerable. We're going through something. How are we going to stand against him? By taking what he said, what our... Lord said, and using it. Not just knowing it, using it. Amen? It's it's actually really kind of simple. It's kind of like me and my Glock. I've got it, well, I won't tell you where it is, but it's loaded. And if I have somebody uh, accost me or my family or something else, it's sitting there ready to go, but it's absolutely useless unless I pull it out And start bam, bam, bamming, which I don't ever want to have to do that. And I think some people are, are leery of doing that against the enemy. They don't realize they have the power, but it's not in their own reasoning. You don't come up with something yourself. It's the same way we came to Christ in the first place. We didn't come in our own reasoning. We came because of something that was far out of our ability to come up with on our own. And we just believed it and we said it. And the enemy, every time he comes against us, even in our most vulnerable time, there needs to be a a nurturing of an understanding of what God has said that rises up and we say something to the enemy. We don't, you know, a lot of times we're in a position to be weak before him. But there needs to be a a rising up and saying, no, I'm not going to go that direction, right? Right. Stand firm against him and be strong in your faith. Remember that your family of believers all over the world is going through the same kind of suffering you are. It's suffering. Our flesh is going through stuff. Our emotions are going through things. And we are vulnerable. But we are not without. Amen? God will give us an answer. We'll see this. This is good, isn't it? Okay, so I just want to go to Luke, and this was our reading from today. And and Jesus really demonstrates. How many would say Jesus would be the one that you would think, man, he could just snap his fingers and things would just run and and everything? (laughs) He was full of the Spirit, wasn't he? In fact, we'll see this. And he was led by the Spirit. You would think that he would never be weak at all. So, let's read this. Luke uh, 4, starting in verse 1. Then Jesus, full of the Holy Spirit, returned from the Jordan River. He was led by the Spirit in the wilderness, where he was tempted by the devil for 40 days. What is temptation? That's reasoning that rises up that says it will fulfill something in a way other than what God says. And what does it lead you to? Sin. What is that? That's the lack of faith in what God said. Where there where there isn't where, where there's uh, no faith, there's sin. Right? So, he was Jesus was full of the spirit and he was led by the spirit into the wilderness where he was still in a human flesh and he became an opportunity for Satan. Jesus became an opportunity for Satan. He was full of the spirit. He was able to do things in the spirit that were miraculous. In fact, that became the temptation that the enemy used was a spiritual ability that he had. Right? right. Right? So, he was tempted by the devil for 40 days. I just want, well, let me keep going. Jesus ate nothing all that time and became very hungry. Then the devil said to him, if you are the son of God, tell this stone to become a loaf of bread. Now, what would be wrong with that? I mean, he's just using his power. See, we could, we could reason right now, couldn't we? We could, we could come up with a rule. He's, he's full of the Spirit, He has all the power. He has all the ability. But what's Satan doing with him right now? He's trying to get him to move according to what his flesh is telling him. And to come up with a solution that even looks like a spiritual one. But it's it's coming from a motivation that isn't from the word. Amen? That I must take care of myself and so I'm going to utilize my spiritual ability to do so. And what was that? What if Jesus did not know the word at that moment? He wouldn't have been able to go to the cross for us. Mm. See, sometimes we don't realize what's going on. It, it's not just the moment. It's not just what we're going through right now. It's the trajectory of where what, what we could be doing later on that it's disabling. Mm. Amen? Okay. Mm. So he was very hungry, right? his his natural body was and he he was going to have to eat or he was going to die but he knew the word and and this there's something else that's going on right here too that I think we really need to be able to understand is the the voice that's speaking to him is not God's voice there needs to be an ability to perceive and this will come through through communion with God's word we'll be able to to perceive the source that's speaking. And even if it's speaking things that are truth, we'll say, no, there's another side to this that makes it not right, what you're telling me. And Jesus told him, no, don't you like that? He didn't say, well, maybe, let's let's just talk about it a little bit. Let's debate. No, he said, no, the, the scriptures say, so he's full of the spirit. He can do all things. And what comes out of his mouth in resistance to the enemy? Not something he's thinking. He doesn't say, I just had a good idea about that, Satan. You really shouldn't be talking to me all that. Why don't you just be quiet? No. No, he said, no. The scripture says. People do not live by bread alone. So you're not going to touch me in this place that causes me to move based upon my ability to make sure that I'm sustained. I'm not going to be moved by that. I'm moved by the word. <laughs> Don't you like that? <laughs> but by every word that proceeds out of the mouth of God, right? Then the devil took him up on a, and revealed to him all the kingdoms of the world in a moment of time. I will give you the glory of these kingdoms and authority over them, the devil said, because they are mine to give to anyone I please. I will give it to you if you will worship me. Now, Sometimes I think that was a temptation to Jesus. But here's what happens, and I, you know, I want to—I don't want to kind of get in Jesus' head a little bit here and see—you know—he's <laughs> lived 30 years without anybody really knowing who he was. He's been faithful to 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 find out who he was from the Word of God. He's his whole life has been about. Entering into a ministry that's going to bring salvation to the nations. And you would think, well, maybe when he came out of the Jordan and he was full of the Spirit and all that kind of stuff, he wouldn't have been vulnerable to this. But he's been going 40 days without any food. Now one part of his being is making him weak in another part. And he's saying, oh, because it had to be a temptation for him. So Sometimes when we're looking, it said he, 40 days he was hungry, but he was not just hungry. He was ready to be launched into this ministry that was prophesied about him, that he was going to fulfill. All he would have to do is, and, and, and Satan did have this authority that he's talking about. All he would have to do is just say, yes, yeah, Satan, you do have that authority. Yeah. Just, just one little. Yeah. And natural reasoning would have justified that. Okay, just, just admit that he has the ability to do that. <laughs> but what keeps, him, what keeps him in this time? Jesus replied, the scriptures say, you must worship the Lord your God and serve only him. He will not divert in the smallest iota. From what the scripture says. Then the devil took him to Jerusalem. To the highest point of the temple. And said. If you are the son of God. Jump off. For the Scriptures say. He will order his angels to protect and, and guard you. And they will hold you up with their hands. So you won't even hurt your foot on a stone. Jesus responded. Don't you like this? So I'm, I'm, Again I'm trying to understand. What Jesus has gone through here. Again he's, he's completely depleted in his flesh. He's weak. He's an opportune moment for Satan at this time. What is it about throwing yourself off a cliff? He's he's at the point of death already. He's been promised. Why not just accelerate the recovery time here? Let's let's just just jump off here. I've been promised the angels are going to take care of me. I'm going to... This was a real thing. I call it entitlement. Entitlement. It was something he was entitled to. Why not just go ahead and say, here I am. Angels come take care of me. I've been promised this. And he was vulnerable to that. But he responded. Uh, Scripture say, you must not test the Lord your God. When the devil had finished tempting Jesus, he left him until the next opportunity came. Now, sometimes we just focus on these three temptations, but Jesus was tempted. If you go down the verse or down further down here, he's going to be tempted. The the religious people continually tempted him, and he always referred to Scripture. He always kept his his foundation in the Scripture, right? Yeah, that's right. <clears throat> um, so. Let me see. I didn't get that in there like I wanted to. So there's three different parts that I just want to see that Jesus was going through. <laughs> You're getting to see everything I'm doing, aren't you? All right. All right. Yeah, I had I, I listed these. But I, I saw three different parts of this. There's there's the flesh, the natural part of us that we we require. There's, there's nourishment, but there's actual. There's actual fellowship that we require too, right? To, to live as a human being, you actually have to have fellowship. You know, they have some, they have, it's really sad, they have these kid, these children farms, you know, where they, they, raise, they, they birth these children and they don't ever have any communication with anybody. And they don't ever develop as a, as a human being because they're not around people. You have to have fellowship. You have to have uh, nourishment. And I'll just say this: we have to have sex if we're going to propagate, we have to, these are natural things inside of us. And a lot of times men, especially, it's something I have to have. And so it becomes a, a, a point. How do people get into, into sin in these areas? Well, it's something I have to do. So reasonably, I'm going to take care of it. That's what always comes when we sin in, in any of these areas, according to the flesh. I, I need to be entertained. I need to be. I need to be. A, I have affection. I need to have fellowship. Anytime we enter in, into into sin in these areas is when we go ahead and try to take care of it ourselves. Does that make sense? And God always has an answer for us, but our flesh isn't going to like it. It's going to go through a time of of suffering because it's not getting its way. I mean, you know. In a lot of these areas, we'll just go all out on this if we don't have any restraint. But you find God's voice in this. You actually ask him wisdom for it. And when he says it, you say, okay, that's what I'm doing. Yes, sir. I'm running around the field 10 times. Yeah. Right? Yeah. So he has this for us. He has the answer for us. First Corinthians 10. Oh, man. The way through every destructive and dis- disabling alternative reasoning is effective every time requires, and it requires refusing deference to other sources. So every time, and, and, and I think I think a big thing is recognizing that we're being tempted, that, that one of these areas is, is being challenged and we're vulnerable in this area. It's something that, that we're gonna have to have anyway. We're entitled to it. It's, our, it's even the promise in the word. Sometimes we can get into fleshly, we can get into, to sin by, by doing spiritual things because we're wanting to accomplish something for the wrong motive, right? Okay. But remember this, the wrong desires that come into your life aren't anything new and different. Many others have faced exactly the same problems before you and no temptation is irresistible. <laughs> Talk to me about that. (laughs) But there's an answer. There's a way. It's going to be in the wisdom of God, but taking what he says and not diverting from it with a reasoning that's coming from a different source. Okay. You can trust God to keep the temptation from becoming so strong that you can't stand up against it. For he has promised this and will do what he says He will show you how to escape temptation's power so that you can bear up patiently against it. So dear friends, carefully avoid idol worship of every other kind. Isn't this interesting? So he he, he says, I'm not gonna allow you to be tempted above what you can take, but you're not gonna be able to uh, access the resistance I give you if you're deferring to other voices all the time. When he's talking about worship, it's kinda of like Jordan Peterson. You can worship Jordan Jordan Peterson. So well, what he says goes. I know God said that, but did you hear what he said? Until there's a until there's a and I think you almost have to shut everything else off and say, the wisdom I'm gonna get is from God. Because until until he everything else is 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 excluded, we're set we're vulnerable. Or an opportunity for Satan, right? So, dear friends, carefully avoid idol worship of every kind. We don't have idols like that, but we sure do have other reasoning going on. If this, if this, this area of faith towards God is, is in our mind, it's going, sometimes we can, we can just say, well, it's just thoughts. No, it goes to the core of how we're made. It goes to the things of, of, of our natural desires and we're weak in those areas. That's why we become double-minded. It's because, oh, I was going along until it hit me in this part of my, and now I don't know what, because my reasoning has, has, I've gotten so developed in, in, in justifying this and it's a natural thing that I'm gonna have to have anyway can you see? Because we find ourselves in these positions, and we can lose faith towards God because we thought we were doing everything. We don't realize that, no, God actually had something to say about that, that we need to go in and, and make everything he, he says important to us, that we fear everything he says. Amen? Yes. All right. Can you take a little bit more? 2 Corinthians 10.4. In order to war effectively, we must be loaded with the truth that is chosen over every alternative. So I was thinking about that when Jesus was was being tempted those three times. Now again, man you go you go down into the the, the rest of that chapter, you'll see, see some other stuff he was he was challenged with. What if Jesus didn't have the bullets for Satan's attack there? How critical it is. Why do we need to know the word of God? Why does it need to be something that we're meditating on day and night? You know, it's so good what, what, what Hunter was talking about on, on Sunday, wasn't it? About dreams. That, that if you can't, and you know, I've heard this. Uh, that, that you actually have to meditate on those things that you're going to go towards every day. You don't just do it once a week. You do it every day in order to actually make progress that way. If we're not thinking, I don't know about you, but I've I, I forgotten a lot of verses. I've forgotten a lot of things. You know, and, and it's not gonna be like we, we have to be able to spit them out and their and reference and all that kind of stuff. But if you're living in the word as, as if what God says really matters, it's gonna come out of you at the time of need. Amen? And he's gonna bring, there's, we have a promise. He said, I'm gonna bring everything to your remembrance. At that time of need. But it has to mean something to you enough that you put it into your plan of your day. And you say, no, I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to live in the word. Because it's my reasoning that's going to disable that reasoning that would destroy me. And destroy my purpose for my life. Uh, for the weapons of our warfare are not physical weapons of flesh and blood, but they are mighty before God for the overthrow and destruction of strongholds. It's not up there? Uh Uh-oh. Oh, there. Man, that's interesting. That was the three things I was trying to show you. Legitimate necessities, dreams and purpose, and entitlements. Okay, huh. Well, let me see. To consider... (laughs) Oh, okay. Well, let's just look at what you can see here, and we'll just go from that, okay? To consider alternatives is nothing other than sin and hardening of the heart. Hardening of the arteries. (laughs) Only faithfulness to God's word till the end has rewards. So, I think it's very important to understand that that um, when we're tempted and we, and we choose to reason, as soon as we choose to reason or or say, well, maybe or maybe not, or, or maybe it would be okay. <laughs> as soon as we do that, it's not just a small thing. Right away, we are sinning. It's, it's, it's like Jesus, if, if he would have just kind of debated, with sin, at, at that moment he was sinning because it's, it's a condition of the heart that's choosing to consider that something else is reasonable other than what God says. Yeah, right. yeah, exactly. Be careful then, dear brothers and sisters, make sure that your own hearts are not evil and unbelieving, turning you away from the living God. Yes. He said, you actually become evil. When you're considering something other than what God says about something. Right. Right. And you're unbelieving. You must warn each other every day while it is still today. So that none of you will be deceived by sin and hardened against God. So here's what happened. Remember what happened in, in the wilderness. They're out in the wilderness. And God told them they were going to go to a promised land. And they started reasoning. They say, well, we can't do that. we got giants to be. What happened immediately? They were questioning what God said with another reasoning. It was a valid reasoning. They're giants. They're real. Yeah. You know, it's, it's kind of like when, when it comes to, to sickness, when you're going through something, there's a very real report. Yeah. But what good did God say? As long as you make deference to the, to the doctor's report, it's very hard to put much, much reliance on what God has said. You're going to have to spend some time in what God has said. I've had friends before that were that, that, they were terminal. They said, pray for me. Well, I'll pray for you, but you're going to have to, if you really want to live, you're going to have to get into this. It's going to have to be something that consumes you. You're not going to be able to sit around and say other things. You'll know immediately which reasoning is, is priority or whether God's words mean anything to you by what's coming out of your mouth. And you can't have God's words coming out of your mouth if you're deferring to all these other voices, right? And what's happening when you're deferring to them is, is a very troubling thing. It's not just something you can get over really quick because your heart gets hard. It's, it's, your heart is the, is the part that believes. And as soon as you're considering other reasonings, your heart gets hard towards God and it won't even believe God. It won't, it can't because it's been deferring to other reasonings. There's, there's, there's several references to hardening of hearts, um, but this is one of them. Okay, and uh, for if we're faithful to the end, trusting God just as firmly as when we first believed, we will share in all that belongs to Christ. So there's there's a purpose in doing this. Let me see uh, what else I coming up on there. And this is weird. Um, okay, we already talked about that, right? Okay. Um, For the weapons of our warfare, we were talking about this, right? Inasmuch as we refute arguments and theories and reasonings and every proud and lofty thing that sets itself up against what? The reasoning of God. And we lead every thought and purpose away captive into the obedience of Christ. This isn't just optional. If we want to have God involved in our life, according to James, you can't waver in this even in the least. If we're actually to be a child of God, to walk as a child of God, to walk in the Spirit, there has to be deference to God's Word all the time. There is no, there's no rising up of Spirit. I mean, Jesus proved this. He was full of the Spirit. There's no rising up in the Spirit in giftings that, that, that disable or, or make it to where you don't, aren't subject to the Word of God anymore. The Word always has precedence over spiritual things. In fact, there are no spiritual things apart from the Word. The Spirit comes to confirm the Word. Amen? The demonstrations, that the, uh, uh, the miraculous, it confirms the Word that's already been spoken. It doesn't take off in another direction. It doesn't enable somebody apart from the Word. The Word is always the precedent. Okay. Being in readiness to punish, and here's what happens. Sometimes we... We don't want to really punish anybody, but we want to, and we and I speak this over our church. We want to disable other reasonings that would hurt this body. Yes. But you don't, you don't start coming against other reasonings by not doing it yourself. You see what I'm saying. <laughs> The biggest way that you can get positioned to take authority over other things that are coming in, other spiritual attacks, is to be in a position where you're, you're saying, God, I'm I'm humbly diverting to you all the time. And it puts you in a position, being in readiness to punish every sub- sub- insubordinate for his disobedience. When you, your own submission and obedience as a church are fully secured and complete. Don't you like that? Now, I would like—I would like to just make that. I think what it's saying it, it, uh, when it's talking about an insubordinate, it's not coming against somebody personally, but coming against that spirit, coming against that thing that would 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 undermine faith and the ability of God to work in our lives. Amen. Okay. <laughs> oh boy. Let me just see if I can wrap this up real quick. What we've been provided with must be held to against every other reasoning. So let us seize and hold fast and retain without wavering. There's some more wavering going on right there, right? It says, let's, let's take hold of what, what we've received and, and, and not let there be a diversion from it at all. This isn't being prudish. This isn't being judgmental of somebody else. This is just saying, no, God said it. I'm going to stand on it. Amen without wavering the hope we cherish and confess and our acknowledgement of it. For he who promised is reliable, sure, and faithful to what? To his word. Amen? Amen. Man, you want to get your mind in a place where it's not double-minded and you find yourself on the other side of something that you thought was spiritual and your mind is all messed up and confused and wondering why? Just... And here's the wonderful thing about it. God doesn't say, okay, now it's going to take you 10 years to get this. No, he says, just start doing it right now. Yeah. Just start saying, God said it? I believe it. Yeah. I, I don't believe it, along with a bunch of other things? No, I believe it. Yeah. And, and because I believe it, it's going to be my wisdom. It's going to be the steps that I take based upon a reasoning that only comes from God. Yeah. Amen? Maybe that was it. It is not just what we're going through, it's the work of the Lord. Therefore, my beloved brethren, and this is, this is really what I want to get to. You know, we're taught, sometimes, so much of the time when we're looking at these kind of things, we feel like it's about us. But I want to go back to Jesus, uh, you know, in the wilderness there. Poor Jesus, he's hungry. Poor Jesus, he's, he's got ahead. Have... No, this is about us. Jesus refusing Satan right then, it wasn't about him, it was about us. God wants us to get victory over every temptation, he's provided us the answer for it, but it's not just about me. As long as it's just about me, there's going to be a reasoning that's going to disable me. But when, it, when my purpose, when the, when the reason for being victorious becomes about a God thing, a kingdom thing, I'm seeking first the kingdom, amen? And now my chances of actually becoming victorious in this thing are much greater, more increased, because it's not about me. So I'm humbling myself before the Lord. Therefore, my beloved brethren, be ye steadfast, unmovable, ha, <laughs> ha. This, and this isn't talking about just when you're feeling strong and you've been eating your oats and your spinach and all that kind of stuff. <laughs> this, is, this is when you're vulnerable, yeah. right? When you're most vulnerable, you have the answers every time, always abounding. Now, look what this calls this. When we respond to temptation with the word of God, it's the work of the Lord. Can we see this? That every time we get victory over a temptation by applying the reasoning of God above another reasoning, we're actually doing the work of the Lord. We're we're establishing a foundation that God can do something on. (laughs) For as much as ye know that your labor is not in vain in the Lord. Isn't that good?